0: I'm just filled up here tonight. Praise God. It's so good to see all the beautiful, smiling faces and to hear the wonderful testimonies of what God has done. Brother Hart's testimony, we just reflect back a little bit and remember those prayer requests that came in. Getting a call at my house. Pray for Brother Hart. And... uh, to hear him stand up or see him stand up and hear his testimony of what God has done. Isn't that great? <clears throat> Praise God. I'm just so very glad for all that God is doing. He's so, so wonderful. While you're standing, take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 55, and we want to read verse 6. Give it all time. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Isaiah 55, verse 6, the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. It's a very, very familiar scripture to many of you. I have used this and preached from this many times. I have used it more in messages. Not as a scripture text. I want to speak on the subject. Capture the moment. Capture the moment. And you may be seated. it <clears throat> has been on my mind a lot lately. Because naturally being my mom. Is here visiting. And she will be leaving this Wednesday. To go back to Texas. Um, we have just tried to make. The best of every minute. Uh, sitting in a chair by her side, I believe it was night before last, and I was so tired I could hardly hold my eyes open. I'm not a person to sit around and nod. If I'm going to stay up all night, I just stay up all night. And I, you very rarely ever see me nodding. But I was so tired I could not hold my eyes open. My mom says, <clears throat> talk, son, talk. She said, wake up, talk, I'm leaving Say something I said, I am so tired I just can't say anything And so Mother talked me to sleep (laughs) Here I'm Sitting in a recliner Maybe I shouldn't use the word sitting I was kind of lying In this recliner and and she's talking me to sleep. And it brought back so many, many memories. And here I am, a grandfather already. <clears throat> and some of you who are visitors of ours, you would not know that by looking at me because <clears throat> I look so young. And uh, <clears throat> most of you wouldn't guess that. But uh, I have seven grandkids. Uh, three boys and I'll tell you um, <clears throat> these seven grandchildren have brought such great joy to to sister Grant and I but they bring back a lot of memories because I you know I was the only boy and uh, my immediate family four sisters can you believe that? and the reason why that I sometimes appear to be so tough, And look so battered is because it was really, uh, I almost did not survive. Sister Rutherford's not here to defend uh, the position of the girls, but uh, I'll tell you, they gave me the run of my life. I barely made it, but I did. I did make it. But uh, I don't think that there's anybody in the world more sentimental than I am. I would say maybe running a very close second would be my son, Roy. Roy is very sentimental. Uh, I, I like that about him. Of course, uh, <clears throat> I like that because that's the way I am. You understand? <clears throat> Everybody, you know, feels that the way they are is the right way to be. Uh, but uh, we had our horses out at Roy's place for some time, and we decided that we wanted to move them. We bought the farm, and he called me up one night and said, Dan, just so wanted to talk. I was talking. He said, well, this is the end of an era. I said, what? He said, well, you're moving your horses from out at the farm, out at my farm. It's just like the closing of the book. I want to say, son, don't make me cry by moving my horses. <laughs> Made it sound so sad. You know, just, oh, <clears throat> you know. <laughs> oh, my. <clears throat> A couple of weeks ago, Steve called me about... I'd said a dozen times during the week. even left the message on the answering service. I said, Dad, just uh, wanted to let you know, though, I love you. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking, now what does he want, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I mentioned this to my wife. She says, now don't be thinking like that. He really does love you. I said, well, I know that. I know that. Of course, John and Laura, Laurie, are here. And uh, their boys, three boys, just bring back so many memories because that's we had three boys. And every time I see those boys out playing, I think of our younger years with our three boys. Now, I'm talking about capturing the moment because I took this sermon title from an advertisement that I saw several years ago, a maker of some films, I think Kodak. They had this, capture the moment. Another maker of films, they used this little caption, One picture is worth a thousand words. One picture is worth a thousand words. So, if this seems to be a trip down memory lane, that most of you do not appreciate, you just have to keep in mind that uh, I'm doing this basically because I feel that this will take some of you who are so appreciative of your experience with God down memory lane and at least make you much more thankful for those valuable moments in which God or some Christian friend, brother or sister, has been of such great benefit to you. I uh, I have people that I am speaking to tonight that if, if you only knew how valuable your relationship has, has meant to me, uh, if you only knew some of the... Uh, great times of encouragements the, the moments that you have conversed with me I've had some of you come in my office and explain to me some of the difficulties of your own life and after you left I, I was so impressed I, just almost awe stricken with your ability to, to cope and and uh, See you walk on out of the, the office, out into the real big world. Go on about your daily activities. And trust God and serve God. Uh, I get to, one, I get to at, uh, quite often wanting to, I get to the place where I want to go back and just relive part of my life. Not uh, you know I made a lot of mistakes I'd like to relive that, but uh, <clears throat> there, there are just certain things that just meant so much to me. Uh, my years in in high school I I was not a real good student. You probably have uh, suspected that. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, I hated school, but. I I loved it. You know, it, it, school was one of those things that I just loved to hate. You know, you just, it was the thing. You know, nobody liked school. The people that liked school were the eggheads, the bookworms. <clears throat> uh, and if a person admitted that they liked school. But then I fell in love. And when I use the word fall, it was that way. I mean, I fell in love with a young lady at school. Uh, and, of course, you have had the privilege of knowing her for a good number of years. And uh, even though I hated school, I just, I would not miss. You know, it's it's amazing after uh, <clears throat> after I fell in love. I, I went when I was sick, when I was burning up with a fever, uh when i i really didn't know you know uh it, it was like brother Hart was talking about you know every time darlene would walk before me the my my world just i mean i really got this tunnel vision i mean I, it really it, <clears throat> and it and and things really did i mean they went black quite often i just you know, you know just you know how it is <coughs> Now, after 34 years of marriage, I have broadened my vision a little bit. But uh, I'm still in love. And, And there's never a day that passes that I do not tell my wife that I love her. And there's never a day passes that she doesn't tell me that she loves me. If she doesn't tell me, I remind her that she hasn't. (laughs) The other day I told her, I said, you have not told me that you love me today. She said, yes, I did. I said, no, you didn't. I told you three times this morning that I love you. And all you did was, "Uh uh-huh, that's what you said. I waited for the response. But she did not respond. And, and I said, uh, I waited and waited, and you did not. So she gently, because course, Sister Grant is the kindest person on the planet Earth. See? And so she uh, told me two or three times, I love you. I love you. I love you. and I uh, uh, gently thanked her, because I'm a gentleman. (laughs) Stephen Joyce were married, and someone videoed the marriage, the ceremony. And in this ceremony, there is... uh, a segment of it, which my dad is in. And on their first anniversary, and I think the second one the third one, they insisted on us watching this. After about three years, they decided they didn't want to watch it anymore. (laughs) But uh, I always just look forward to that moment in which my dad would make the appearance on the screen and several times in watching this when uh, most everyone had gone and I would pause I put it on pause I just wanted to see my dad the thing about it is when you put it on pause everything stops there are lines horizontal lines across and you can't and it doesn't really mean much unless it's flowing unless there's action but uh, just want to capture, relive some of those moments. But um, as you know very well, because we have uh, talked about this many times, my dad uh, has gone on to be with the Lord. And a lot of the sadness that I had as a result of his passing now has turned into. Fond memories. This usually happens when a loved one passes on. You're very, very heartbroken and sad. After a while, your sadness seems to turn into fond memories. Uh, This little family get-together that we've had uh, this weekend, boys all sat around, talked about going down to Papa's house, they called him Papa and Nanny. Uh, go down to their house. And my dad uh, was a great Christian, but he had a little bit of a temper. And uh, every now and then he'd uh, he'd get upset. When he was upset, most people knew it. Now, my dad was the type of person, though. I mean, he could just chew you out. I mean, royally chew you out. And you, and, and then just a second later, you would not even know that he, as far as he was concerned, you wouldn't even know that uh, he had uh, was was aware. He acts so kind, so nice, and he'd say, "Why? There's no need to stay mad all your life. I mean, it's all right to get mad for a moment, but <laughs> well, you know, the Bible talks about not letting the sun go down on your wrath." And my dad was one that that uh, well, he'd get mad. I mean, he'd get mad and get mad in a hurry, but the sun would not go down on his wrath. In other words, he he now he didn't apologize a lot. Because that seemed to be his uh, personality. He he just didn't he really didn't know that uh, he hurt your feelings so much. But uh, that's just the way it was. So <clears throat> my kids they, they came back from from Texas. Boy, you talk about some stories. They they told some stories, and uh, <clears throat> you know how it is when you're a kid. Uh, la- later on, Sister Manley. Made reference to this today when she's talking about for the herb and some some tall tales <laughs> he's been telling these three boys <laughs> but uh, things just seem to be bigger and better and everything you know and and what they 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 really were as, as you relive them in your life they they seem to be that way now you may say. What uh, what does this have to do with the scripture that you read? You know, there, there are certain things, you know, God deals with us. Uh, we know that God is omnipresent. He's always here. He is everywhere. But isn't it true that there are moments and times in your life in which God seems to deal with you in a greater degree uh you hear his voice it's louder it's clearer uh god just seems to deal with us in in mysterious ways uh there have been times in which god has dealt with me and i really didn't listen to him and I, i i wish it you know i could just recapture that moment i could say yes to god but it's it's seemingly is is really gone forever Uh, there are certain things that i like in my life i'd like to just when i reminisce i spend a lot of time reminiscing i wish i could just fast forward it you know you ever done that remember right after i was saved i was working on a job going off for some training and so we got down to lufkin texas along with two or three workers and just overnight and the next day training. Well, one day overnight and the next day. And the men all wanted to go over the fair. And, of course, I was a new Christian, and they told me what they wanted to go over there for because it was one of these side shows, one of these bad shows. And they, they, you know what I'm talking about. So, they, they were going to go over there. and Of course, they said, Ah, oh, the wives will never know. And, you know, here's one of them It's a deacon of a church. And another one you know he's an usher in a church and so forth and and then they asked me if I would go well I had convictions against this and I have always stood up I think quite well under pressure but for some reason I don't know why i I did not tell these men that I had convictions about going to one of these burlesque type things. Now you'd think, you know, they knew I was a Christian but but to, they didn't really know of what sorts. To them it didn't make any difference. You know, Christians, uh, you know. You know, there are some churches you can go to. You don't have to change a thing. Because conversion is not the issue. The issue is if you belong to a church you can go to heaven. You know. Which is really contrary to scripture but nevertheless that's the way they So they uh, all got to talking about, uh, you know, what a great time. And they started putting pressure on me. But rather than say I have convictions, I told them that I wasn't feeling well. Then when it came time to go, I was in bed already. It wasn't dark. But I was sick. I really was not sick. And uh, when they went on, you're talking about God talking to me about lying. Did he ever talk to me? Oh. I'm telling you, by the time they got in that night, I was sick. I'm serious with you. I was so sick. I, I actually thought I might just die. I said, oh, God. Whew. I've got to make this thing right. Now, when I when I reminisce things like that, and I'm telling you this because, you know, some of you can relate to that. Some of you new Christians, you know. I want to push the fast-forward button. It's just, just, just Let's reel through that real fast. You know. But uh, for your benefit, I play this through quite a bit on normal speed because I think you can relate to it. It's just that way. And one by one, I felt I needed to do this. I called those men aside and... I told him. I said you know I I really said something wasn't true and I need to make it right and I told them all about God dealing with me and I said I I have convictions Now when you single the men out one by one they all admitted you know there's something they would not want their preacher to know they did they would not want their wives to know they did you know And they uh, admired me for declining. Sure, they would not have uh, admired uh, the reason that I declined. You know, I, I mean, at least the excuse I gave. So, I catch myself uh, right in the midst of life like you. Yesterday, uh, Tim Armstrong was married to a lovely young lady. Tim's Wedding, I was called on to pray. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, t- Tim needs to be in the church, and this young bride does, and you need to pray for these people. Really, it's, it's had a real struggle. Most of young, young people know Tim. I, I really could, as I saw Tim standing there, I could see Tim, Brother Rutherford, Sister Rutherford moved up to start a Christian school. Remember Tim, little guy. Boy, he'd mix it out in the playground. Some of the bigger boys, I mean, he'd just slug and run and play and you know, he's got his tie on, dress shoes on. It didn't make any difference. I'm mean, you talking about you know, just almost like the closing of your eye and the waking up. Here he's standing by a young lady saying, I do. And life seems to pass so quickly, so swiftly, so fast. That's the way it is. Now, as we look at our walk through life in which we relate to God, God's dealing with us. God uses so many circumstances. God does deal with us in a heavier stronger way at times than he does at other times uh, someone asked me why that is I am not God and I don't know I, I suppose that the best answer I could give you is that you know just like a, a parent you know I, I've, I can re- most of you can relate to this or maybe a friend if you're just talking to someone and they're not listening what do you do? You usually find someone else to talk to. Uh, what we find in our big family gatherings, everybody wants to talk about everything at one time. I was telling something that was much more important than what anybody else was telling. And I realized right before I got to the last part of it, which was the important part, that I'd lost all my audience. My My precious wife hung on as long as she could, but but <laughs> finally, she, she faded. Whenever I saw this fade in her eyes, where she was no longer, longer focused in on me, uh, I, I just stopped my story. Do you know that nobody even knew that I stopped? <clears throat> I mean, they, they didn't even know that I stopped talking. And I, and I thought, now somebody's going to come back and say, what were you saying, Dad? They never did. But they never they never came back. Well, <clears throat> so <clears throat> as so what happened? I said, Okay. Well <laughs> don't you think that uh <clears throat> it wasn't rude on their part. I mean I might have budded in on them. I might have I might have tried to take something away from somebody else. We had so much noise going on in the background. Uh, but I suppose that when God talks with us, you know, if if we just don't listen to Him, that after a while He He just says, okay, we'll let that go. You know, we come to church, I will say yes, yes, yes. I will say yes, yes, yes. I will say yes, Lord. But see, in our life, Sometimes it's not that way. Really, this this is the way we live it. I am saying no, no, no. I will say no, no, no. I will say no, Lord. I will say no, Lord. I will say no, no, no. And all of a sudden we say, I wonder why everybody is so excited when they worship. You know, I don't know if all this is necessary. You know the reason why? Because you're not hearing what some are hearing. And you're not feeling what some are feeling. Because when God talked to you, you did not try to capture the moment seize the moment get everything you could out of that moment now i have always been a real fast eater i don't know you can probably look at me and tell that i you know i can put away a lot of food you know there's no no joke about it i i would be less than truthful if I, I stood up here and say, Well, I, I live on 1,500 calories a day. <clears throat> we were at Sister Rose's house one day, and she had this seven-bean casserole. I'm telling you, I, I she can make that. And Sister Grant just left two beans. On the plate. And I thought, well, you know, you're always supposed to leave a little food. You know, that's, that's what everybody says. You know, I don't always do that. <coughs> I've tried that, but you know, uh, I just, I'm not very wasteful. I can't, you know. I said, I asked my wife, I said, why don't you eat those two beans? She says, I'm full. <laughs> two beans. I said, full. When I'm full, I can eat three cheeseburgers yet. (laughs) But every now and then, every now and then, we'll have something that is just delicious. And it seems like the better the food, the smaller the portions. I don't know why it's that way. You ever notice that? And, And my wife knows that I eat more than she does. And when she has a real nice dish, I mean, my favorite kind, you know what she does? She divides it evenly. And she'll put an equal amount on my plate and an equal amount on her plate. And she sets these two plates out there. And I look at it. Now, I'm pretty nice, you know, I'm not going to say anything about that. But my wife eats real slow. And I'm telling you, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. At times. Because, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll pray for the food. I'm, I'm excited about eating. and So I just, boy, I just start cutting this steak up, you know. And, you know, and I, well, I'm all finished. I look over at her. She's only taking like two bites. I want... I want to get up and go in the other room. And she'll, she'll cut a little piece off, put it in her mouth and chew it. I said, why is it taking you so long to eat? She says, this is delicious food. And if you swallow it whole, <laughs> she said, <coughs> she said, the better it tastes, the longer you want it to last. <sighs> what a philosophy. <clears throat> can, can you believe that? I can hardly believe that. But you just keep cutting and cutting and cutting. I'm, I'm hoping. Because they, they, they say if you eat slower... That it fills you up faster. But I'm here to tell you. I know Brother Moran. I've eaten with you. (laughs) I can eat a whole dozen of eggs. Before Don Moran even. Picks up his spoon. Or fork. But. uh, I'm I'm hoping that her philosophy. If you eat slower you get full faster. That's going to work because. I know she's going to offer me. A little bit of it. But when it's real good, she just sat there and chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. And I said, well, I might as well get a glass of water. (laughs) And I I try to look sad so she'll feel sorry for me. Nothing seems to work. Now, I said all that to say this. Don't you like to save some of these moments in the presence of God? Don't you, don't you just wish that somehow you could just relive some of these moments? I my mind goes back, and I think you've heard me tell this. I, uh, my mom remembers quite well. My uncle Jess Wallace and my grandfather, his name was John. Now you know why my name's John. Uh, a lot of difference in us. Uh, my grandfather was, I think, French. Wallace is a French name. You didn't know that. You would never know that my grandfather. I think he was about five six or five seven. I could be wrong on his height, but I think he weighed about one hundred and twenty pounds. Can you believe that? That's that's hard to believe, isn't it? But uh, <coughs> they built an old church house, a slab church house behind the sawmill this is kind of the introduction to pentecost in our community and from that then we started attending an independent pentecostal church and i remember the pastor preaching now i have i felt god before and i felt his convicting power but as a young kid i must not been any older than than keith uh... And I remember God dealing with me. I, I will remember this as long as I live. I was sitting on about the second pew. And when, now please understand, at that time, there was not a lot of emphasis placed on children. It was an adult world. But I remember standing there, and, and I remember how God dealt with me. I, I wanted to repent. I wanted to come to the altar. I just wanted to. and But I was afraid to. I was really afraid to, and uh, so I just—I don't know what I was afraid of. I just—I was just afraid. And I just just stood there, just petrified. You know, your knuckles turn white, and you're just standing there. Inside, I was praying. I wish somebody would just ask me to go down and pray. I wouldn't do it. Never had I been convicted like that. Never. I, I just just never had. And uh, that has left such an impression on me. Uh, this is the reason why I'm giving altar services every now and then. I would say, uh, why don't you look around and see if there's a guest nearby. Invite that guest to come to the altar. I'll say this. You know the reason why I say it? Because I capture enough of that feeling. I close my eyes. I sit better in my eyes. Uh, That is, when my eyelids are closed, I sit better uh, than I do when I'm looking at you. I see myself standing there. It, It helps me to relate to how God works, especially with children. This is the reason why, parents, when the preacher's preaching or when he concludes his message and the altar service is, is in process, ask your child, hon, or son or sweetheart or whatever you call your child, would you like to go pray with dad? Would you like to go pray with mom tonight? It's very, very important. Very important. I remember the morning I received the Holy Ghost, April 15th, 1961. There was a brother in our church. I don't know why I didn't like this brother. He had never done anything to me. I just didn't care for him. He was a little peculiar, you know. Not like the Bible talks about us being peculiar. Him and he was whatever, you know. He just, had, he just had funny ideas, funny ways. But I was a sick man. I was 21 years old, kneeling at the altar. The thing about it is, everybody had stopped praying. But Brother Ralph Allred. Now, Brother Ralph Allred went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. But uh, Ralph stayed with me. And I wanted to pray. Most of the time, see, when I came to the altar, I wanted everybody to get up and leave so I could get up and leave. But this time I wanted everybody to pray. And nobody was praying. So he stayed right there. Now, the thing about Brother Ralph was that I don't think he knew what search were and he get right in my face you know and I'm telling you he just breathed all over me <clears throat> but do you know what when the Lord gave me the Holy Ghost God gave me a genuine love for this man uh, he really did just gave me a love for this man. It's, it's amazing, you know, how how God can take and turn things around. Uh, you know, there's just certain people you just don't seem to click with. But let me tell you something. You find out people are praying with you and sticking with you and ready to stay with you. You know, that that particular Sunday morning, you know, in my mind, I, I go back, I, I I like to capture that moment i like to relive it. I, I remember how it felt when the Holy Ghost came upon me and I began to speak with other tongues. Now, I'd, I'd say 90% of the people that I pray with to receive the Holy Ghost, I tell them how it felt. That is when I received it. If they're having difficulties, they don't know what to say, or, I said, it's not important what you say. It's, it's, your, it's your heart is... Your mind is on the Lord. Something simple. Keep your mind. Keep your heart on the Lord. And I remember how I I got into stammering lips. Our our pastor was there at that time and and how much he instructed me and helped me. So when I'm helping people pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I give them instructions very similar to you know, to what I felt when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, it it does something. It helps me to capture that moment. Now, let me tell you something. I would be the first to tell you, you know, preachers are not perfect. They make a lot of mistakes. Uh, The reason why preachers probably make more mistakes than anybody else is because they have to make more decisions than most people. You know that? It's, it's real easy to look sometimes at leaders, politicians, and different ones. and Say, oh, yeah, look, he should not have. Oh, yeah, but some of you can live day after day after day without making monumental decisions. I mean, I'm talking about decisions that that involve other people other than yourself. Preachers are always involved in this. Always involved in this. Always involved. So I make a lot of mistakes, and there have been times in which the devil, you know, would come, and the devil likes to capture a moment too. You talk about really bringing it up. I mean, he he could punch the recorder; he can play that record over and over and over and over and over. Play that tape over and over and over and over and over. And and I have literally had times in which the devil would just. Back me all the way back up to to the altar. It's almost like all of my life as a Christian, I, I, I just began to regret it. Wish I could just... So I just... It's like my life's on rewind. And then I get back to April 15, 1961. And the devil now is going to Rewind it past that. And all of a sudden, just spontaneously, I reach over and stop the button. And say, I won't go back past this. You won't force me past that moment. I may have made a lot of mistakes, but brothers and sisters, April 15, 1961 that an old-fashioned Pentecostal altar was not a mistake. And the devil's not going to take that away from me. I'm going to live it over and over and over and over and over in my life. And it's not going to rob me of that victory. Because I felt the unadulterated pure Holy Spirit of Almighty God come down and come inside of me. It's locked in my memory bank and it's going to stay there. Perhaps I'm talking to someone that's wayward. You're backslidden. It's because the devil has somehow blocked it out of your memory. I didn't know a human being could feel so good. There were a lot of people around. Some were praying with me other than Brother Aldred. But I'm talking about right down there just encouraging me. Right down there with bulldog tenacity. Just staying right in there. And I got up and I jumped and I leaped. And I leaped. I shouted and I ran just a precious moment in my life then uh, a little while later on I got backed up rewound rewound back to the altar experience again and I just somehow I got to wondering if I really did speak in tongues did you ever do that? I, said, I just wonder about this, you know. I wanted to be saved. I think, you know, my quest was honest. I, I didn't want to take away from anything that God had done, but I, I just so I just I went and see the pastor, and I said, you know, I, I believe i spoke in tongues, but now I've gone two or three weeks and I haven't spoken in tongues, and I got real concerned about it. And so he said, well. <clears throat> You know, he said, the, the beauty of your walk with God and being filled with the Holy Ghost is that you can do this over and over and over. I said, I know. So I remember our little house out on Overton Highway put all the kids to bed. I said, all the kids to bed. <clears throat> this had been a little while after I'd received the Holy Ghost. I think we had that time Roy was, was born. I, I, was, I got real serious about this. Uh, I went out in the woods one night. I was working for Texas Forest Service. And I had plowed a fire lane, a wide fire lane around man's property. He had some huge pines. I remember he didn't want fire to go through. I sat down on the bank of that fire lane. And it was a bright Moonlit night. I was all alone. I talked to God just like I'm talking to you. I said, Lord, oh, Lord, I'm right back where I started. And I don't want to lose this experience. Now, good number of months or perhaps six months maybe even a year I don't recall it's passed and I haven't spoken in tongues it's its not I don't doubt the word I don't doubt my experience but uh, I just need a reassurance I'm here to tell you as I begin to talk to God the spirit of the Lord came upon me I could feel it, you know, physically feel it, you know, you you can, it becomes tangible to you, it's, oh my, I worship, I prayed. all of a sudden I got lost in the spirit, I talked in tongues, I talked in tongues, I could catch myself then, thinking about how long I'd been there, and I needed to get up, but I wouldn't stop. I just kept going, kept going. Oh I wanted. It. I wanted God. I wanted the Holy Ghost. I wanted to live that moment all my life. I wanted to take that like Sister Grant does, that delicious plate. I wanted to make it last as long as Replay that every now and then in my mind. I look over that scene real often. I've had some of you to come and say, Pastor, what do I do when I have not spoken in tongues for a long time? I look back and I I can just pull out all the available information I think that would be helpful to you. I said, look, here's what you can do. And I just go through that. I don't always tell you. I'm telling you because this is the way it was with me. I've had some of you to come up and say, you know, Brother Grant, I had a free evening the other evening. I came over here to the house of God and after everyone had gone I went in one of the classrooms and I sat down. I pulled up a chair and I talked to God just like I talked to my mom or my dad. I remember after living for God for a while the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I felt like I needed to give a message in tongues. But I didn't. I remember the pastor coming to me. and said, you know, I, I believe that God wanted you to give a message in tongues tonight. I said, yeah. He said, "Now, if he moves upon you like that again, you need to, you need to obey. Him. Well, you, you know how awesome the atmosphere is it's just charged when 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 uh, when it's time for a message to come forth in tongues you know how it feels you know not always but for the most part it you know there's just an atmosphere created you know it, it, it's like all of us are standing out outside the terminal dane county airport And we're all up against a chain link fence as far as we can and we're looking. We're all side by side. Here comes a plane in and we know that King Jesus is going to step off that plane. And nobody's saying a word because the ramp has been let down. The attendants has come outside and they're looking up. And you want to make sure That nothing hinders you. You want to be totally silent when he steps out of that plane. And I remember the next time when the atmosphere was charged like this. Oh, my heart was pounding. I was so afraid. I was afraid I was going to make a mistake. Oh, I want to do this right. Because I feel that I'm representing God. God. And I just stood there, my mother's given out quite a few messages, and I thought, well, maybe my mom's going to give out this, but mom didn't. And I stood there. Oh, God, my heart was pounding, 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 pounding. Finally, I just let it out. Man, you talk about feeling good. This was another time which I almost fainted. I, I just I rocked back and forth. I was so intense and I just had to find a place to sit down. No. Then I remember not long after that someone gave a message and I, I felt I should interpret and and that's even scarier. And I remember how I was afraid I was going to make a mistake. You know why I'm taking you down memory lane tonight? To help some of you. Because the truth of the matter is, you can relate to this. You remember two Thursday nights ago, we had four messages given in tongues. No interpretation. I stopped everything. I don't make a big deal out of that. You know why? Because I captured that moment. I knew how much fear I had of making a mistake. I think if I would have made a glaring mistake and someone would have jumped on me, it would kill me. I wanted to do something for Jesus. I wanted to be right. I wanted to please him. So I've tried to be as kind and nice as possible when I know that innocent mistakes are made. When God is near, capture the moment. you'll not regret it God is talking to you capture that moment God deals with you and I see people coming all the way past the front of the altar around over in this area I know some of these brothers and sisters come over here because you know they just they have some needs they just want to get over here they know that Certain individuals come pray with them and such. When you're up here, capture the moment. Make it last as long as it can, as long as it will. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord, would you? oh praise God uh, let's just stand okay I I've taken a lot of time already and that I've from, the pain that i I want you to remember all the great things that I've done because this isn't the end. My resources are not limited to what you've experienced at this point in time, but I have many, 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 many more things to share with you, greater treasures to reveal to you than you've received to this point the night that the father loves his children, one who gets you to know that I have great, great blessings and joy for you. Share them. Enjoy them. Understand that I love you as a father loves his Oh, God. Praise singers will come and. Oh, God. Who'd like to be the first one to step out and come tonight? Oh, God. If you're a guest of ours, why don't you come and pray with us tonight? Why don't you do that? Oh God! Oh, God. Oh. I love you! I love you! I really love you! What more more can I can I come on, see? from all over the building! Come on, right now! Come on and pray.